welcome to this uh, little show. Small Hi. show. Yeah. Thank you very much. We look at the camera. So. And uh, your name is Oheli, right? Oheli, right. last name Kai, Kai, mm -hmm. K-Y, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Really uh, appreciate uh, your time. Well, thank you for having me, okay. for sure. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, as, as usual, and we can uh, order the food first so the kitchen can prepare the food. So you can check the menu. So okay. yeah. Do you know what you want? Uh, I always get, have like some stuff, but uh, you know, I probably want to uh, eat a little bit less right <laughs> now. <laughs> Are you working out? No, actually, I want to uh, eat less and move less. It's <laughs> <laughs> very efficient. Actually, this is the new menu we just printed out today. It's Ooh. a new menu. Uh, some items we could not do during the pandemic. Uh, we kind of removed them. Before was striked out. Have mm -hmm. a strike out, uh, strike through the thing. So make let people know it's not available. Now we just okay. Print so tell me like, what's new. No, it's nothing new. The menu is new, but we just removed some items. Ah. So just printed yesterday. So uh, okay, got it. So we can maybe get two appetizers, one or two, app and then two or three dishes or something. Sounds good because yeah. I'm very hungry. Yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign. I was looking yeah. forward to it the whole week, so I'm very happy. Yeah, that's. So last time I came, I had the uh, wonton with peanut butter sauce, that's, which was really yeah, good. Yeah, it's very sweet. Huh? And that's... I want to try something new. Okay. Um, you want. How about the noodle salad? Okay. That's very Chinese. Let's do that. Noodle salad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, something else for that time? We have imperial rolls. Yeah. I've been craving them. Oh, actually, I take that one too. It's a. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. They're small, but. Um, it's kind of vegetable, like it's kind of tasty, but it's small. As with the price, some people may be a little <laughs> bit <laughs> upset with the price. Well, I'm from France, so it's all about quality yeah. rather than yeah. quantity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want some? Hmm, do you want to eat spicy food? The yeah, I would take a mix. Spicy food, non-spicy food. I love spicy. Okay. Have you tried the twice cooked pork? No. Uh, let's do, do that. It's a little bit spicy, a little bit fatty. It's fine. Okay. Okay, that one. It's, I really like that one. Okay, I'll follow your recommendation. And uh, what else? What else? Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean it's twice cooked because you cook it twice here, or yeah. has it been cooked before and then you have to cook it when it comes here? Uh, actually, when we prepare them, we always boil them like mm -hmm. a, a day or several days before, so prior. So that's like a first cook is boil them, and okay. then you let them like cool down, and then you cut into slices, pieces, and then you do that, you know, stir fry everything in the wok. So that's why it's twice co cooked pork. So Interesting. Yeah. So, is it really moist? I don't know. I actually I don't know why it's uh, it's needed. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. I'm not. 
I don't know cooking. So. Because uh. I think you can make it twice as expensive because you cook it twice. No, the first time is only boil. Okay. And if you look at the YouTube video, sometimes track how they make it. Even the it's a pork belly, the mm -hmm. skin. They even uh, they they put that like the the skin side on the the red hot uh, wok to kind of burn it a little bit, and then you boil, and with mm -hmm. some ginger, garlic, whatever just make special i don't think that's necessary but it looks like a ritual for uh, from the old times okay old time. yeah it's crazy they have to get the like burn the one side a little bit and then boil that's we just so boil we don't do that <laughs> we don't i wonder if that has to do with the germs you know like killing microbes because you boil it more so you make sure that there's no disease in the pork mm, i i was told it's like a like the skin side, they have a little bit of hair, probably. Mm -hmm. So they kind of make sure they burn out the hair. Uh, Could be. Could be. Yeah. But nothing to with germs, though, because you boil them when you stir fry, any germ they cannot survive. Okay. So, uh, so what else? What else? Good question. Yeah. Um, is the pork spicy? Should we take something spicy? It's not so spicy though, medium. Okay, medium. let's get something spicy then. You know what? I'm not a big fan of lamb. Is that popular here? It is. It is a good one. Yeah? You like it, lamb? You no, I don't. I don't oh, like it's lamb. Only, it's not worth it, to be honest. <laughs> okay. This one it's like a... Uh, Big one, and then you have the fire, the alcohol okay. gel. Yeah, if you really like it, it's uh, the bones. Are you okay with bones? No, no it's uh, gonna look ugly, <laughs> look weird <laughs> on the camera, and it's gonna be original. Mm. I just wonder how you eat that with the bones. Just with the uh, with hand or the chopsticks, and then some bones you just put back. <laughs> and if people choke on it, can they sue you? I don't know. I, I don't think we're liable for that one, but uh, never happened. Never happened. Get insurance. You want to try the calamari? Yeah. Okay. I was going to look for that. Okay. Calamari. And uh, the vegetable, like it, you want, you want to have cabbage stir fry or the dry Green beans, those two are very popular. Uh, or the eggplant, potato, bell pepper. I like all vegetables, so it's hard to choose. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe the stir fry cabbage, try that one. Yeah, or the okay. green beans, those two are really popular. Let's do green beans. I just bought okay. green beans, actually. Okay, let's do green beans. Do you want to? Do you want the green? Do you want the steamed rice? Yeah, on the side. Okay, yeah. That'd be perfect. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Wow, somebody downstairs really loud. <laughs> okay. It's lively. Yeah. I bring this to the kitchen. Okay, we'll be right back.
much stuff. What's this? This is the eye? Yeah. This, wow, this guy is so loud. What's that? Oh, the guy downstairs is really loud. All the info. <laughs> it's crazy. Let me take a look at this. Still running. Yeah, that's good. So let's back here. So how have you been? It's been uh, interesting. The pandemic. Nothing is normal. <laughs> Nothing is normal. We got. Um, to be honest, we got good business amount of business, but we just don't have enough people, so we have to rearrange a lot of things. So uh, we remove some items from the menu as well. So I have to work a lot of time here, spend a lot of time working. Yeah. Very difficult to find people. But what about takeout? Is it popular? Takeout is popular, but takeout we are, even as of today, probably we're going to make a little bit switch to remove the takeout orders a lot. Because takeout, you just do the little bit of the calculation. It's not worth doing at all right now. Looks like, uh, for example, Uber Eats take thirty percent off, mm -hmm. so you get only thirty percent of commission mm -hmm. for the on the sales, and um, you only have seventy maximum. Mm -hmm. Also, right now, do you get tips during takeout? No, no, nothing. Yeah, but the problem is recently, last starting two months ago, I believe, like everything went up crazy. So the ingredients. Before was taking, for example, maybe the overall cost may thirty percent, twenty percent. Now goes to forty or fifty percent, or even. So mm -hmm. it's not you take that the cost of the food, maybe forty, jumped from twenty to forty something. It's so. It's not worth making it. Sometimes I think it's crazy because the cost of everything wouldn't have a lot. Have you considered lowering your prices? For like a month or two, so you get all the customers, all the market, and then you increase once they get addicted to your food. That one is it's capitalism. Yeah, that one. I guess I would do the opposite, probably, because like uh, it's counterintuitive. But if you need more people, just we, lower we, the price first, but, and then they come. But we at the same time, you cannot find enough people working. You cannot find staff, so it's oh. kind of suicide, I think. It's kind of suicide. Even if it's summer and students are looking for jobs? No. Right now, even the big restaurants, they cannot find people. But are you still working in your IT job? No, we. Uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm uh, finished like uh, last April, end of last April, 2000, oh, because of the pandemic. That. Because of the pandemic. So you could get unemployment? Uh, actually, I had a little bit package. The company kind of... Like a severance? Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I was working, so I did not apply for that benefit. Uh -huh, okay. So I guess I was working full time here. So yeah. Anyway, so uh, how? Yeah, we met when? Like uh, a few months ago, I believe. Yeah. You had a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. listen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I listened several of them. Like uh, last one was Roger, like oh, uh, yeah cool. from Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I could see that. I don't know. Interesting. I can, in that podcast, I can feel like he's a little bit uh, against the, like uh, the white woman, something like, right? I think, yeah, I think this is a 
some the, the medical the some of the medical field are tough and yeah. i think in general it's mostly yeah. dominated by white in general yeah. so yeah. i don't know if it applies to because i work in science as well but in research and yeah. i don't think i have a certain discrimination yeah. but it's I think it's important to hear that because yeah. then he was able to see that in a Karen movement, but I yeah. don't know if it's, it's, a if it's bit, possible to uh, yeah, realize. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a little bit. I, I think it's a little bit too much because you see a little bit unfair everywhere. I, I think like some like a little bit cheap, like a disadvantage of treatment. Mm -hmm. a little bit. Sometimes you have to overcome. Sometimes and uh, I don't know. I, I that's I, I feel like this guy a little bit. You know, is a little bit like. A, um, think that too much, I guess. But everybody has their own, you know, experience. Yeah, yeah. it's true. And yeah. if that's your whole bubble, because yeah. I think med school is very demanding on you, that you would take a lot of hours during your day, during your weekend. So that's all your life. But if you expand it, like let's say you go to another country, I don't think they have that much of a um, impact. Yeah. Discrimination. Discrimination is everywhere, but I think it's hard to just pinpoint one school and be like, yeah. "This is the way it works for all yeah. med schools." But actually, you are in the medical something, right? You said your profession is neuro. Yeah, I'm in neuroscience. So I'm doing research. Neuroscientist. That's a yeah. big thing. <laughs> yeah, that's like this this kind of field is some people working this field is super, super smart right it's like mathematics smart you know? it depends it's very broad so in neuroscience you have uh, the cognitive part which is more yeah. psychology so you would look at behavior you would look at patients yeah. uh, it's mostly clinical you can diagnose mental diseases you also have a branch for um, pharmacology yeah. where you treat more drugs towards the brain and see what are the effects on the body um, you can also study animals how many years have you in the school for this thing? How many years? I've only done my master's. Oh, master's on yeah. this one. So the bachelor is something else. I did my bachelor's in neuroscience and psychology. So I got yeah. a double degree. And then I went to McGill and got my master's in neuroscience. So that's totally going to be seven, five plus two? Uh, yeah, around that. Yeah. Yeah. around that. Wow. So after that, like, wow, that's kind of a lot of... How long, but how long did your engineering degree take? Four years. Four years? Oh, okay. So medical something, maybe five years or something? Uh, no, you just add two. I mean, the master's is only two years. Yeah, master's two. Because I don't... Um, here's the difference. I'm not a doctor, so yeah. I don't treat patients. I just do the research behind okay, the doors okay. and see... Try to understand the science behind it. Okay, okay. But uh, after school like uh, from the McGill University after that like you went work for sometimes sometime? yeah I've been working again in research I worked yeah. at a hospital now I work in a pharmaceutical company yeah. so you can do research in different settings you can either work for schools do yeah. academia and publish papers so it's interesting because then people are going to get inspired by your papers and see what kind of treatments yeah. or medicine they can develop out of that research that you took but it's very low pay and okay. it's a huge life dedication that you have to spend your weekends or your brain. And a lot of people cannot really maintain the balance really? between so their, their work because it's really, really demanding. Or so it means also, like you're more than 40 hours every week? A I lot more than? It's not more, it's flexibility. Okay. Because during the day, if you perform your experiments, yeah. you might want to take breaks because while it's running, you can do something else. Okay, okay. Take a break or read a paper or do something. So it happened so many times that I had to go on a lab 
during the weekends and I really didn't like it because I wanted to have a life outside of that. Really? Cool. Yeah. But right now you are doing that, uh, you are not doing this job anymore? Are you no, yeah, no, I'm not in academia anymore. Okay. And That's why you have the podcast. The yeah, I have time to do something else. Yeah. So in private industry, this is where you have more life balance, you also get more money, but okay. every research that you do belongs to the company. Your brain belongs to the company. Okay, okay. That's why you don't claim like you cannot get a Nobel Prize, like everything you do is for the team. Well, actually, you, you still work for a company instead of academic or something. Yeah, you work but for in academia, you get your name on the paper. Okay, so right now you work for, employed for a company? Yeah, exactly. So I think oh. I decided that. That's still in the field, right? <laughs> it's still in the field. I still work in neuroscience. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. I think you need to find what works for you yeah. at what time point of your life. Because yeah. I'm in my 30s and I think of, you know, traveling, settling down. It's not, it's not easy, right? <laughs> it's it, not worth it to yeah, put yeah. all my hours mm -hmm. into my job. <laughs> yeah. So... But this, like, uh, this private company, they just regular 9 to 5, right? Exactly, 9 to 5. They're yeah. really nice. And you know what? We get summer hours. Yeah. So this is the reason why I can be here. Okay, because yeah. Friday, you leave early. Exactly. So, yeah. Friday, you leave yeah. at 2. Yeah. And it's really nice. And I was like, wait, so do you have to catch up the hours, like one hour yeah. every other day? And they're like, no, it's free for you. <laughs> no. that's, that's really nice. <laughs> Actually, you, you, you mentioned you, you were born in Paris, France? Or? Yeah, really? I was born in Paris, France. Yeah. So, uh -huh. like, uh, like till when you came to Montreal, or like, uh, what, what is your kind of movements? <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots. Yeah. So, I was born in France, yeah. uh, grew up there my whole life, and then I moved to the States when I was 21. I didn't like what I was studying in France. I was in art, and it didn't work out for me. I think I was just... Yeah. Um, not but you know the friend in France, you get a lot of hours off. You work much less, even less than less hours than you do now, right? I don't know about that because Canada has more work opportunities. So yeah. France has less when it comes to research. Okay. It's less well funded, yeah. so you get more jobs here. Okay. But I don't think it's as stressful as the U.S. In the U.S., you get a lot more opportunities, like oh, in yeah. big cities like Boston, yeah. San Francisco. But you just yeah. get stressed all the time. You feel yeah. guilty when you take vacation, even when you take like. A half day off because you feel sick or you have your period yeah. or you have yeah. a fever like it so for the to the u.s 21 like how many years you stay there like doing universities yeah and then working as well six seven years so i was in los angeles philadelphia and wow. boston that's all the cities i want to go <laughs> <laughs> really yeah that's kind of especially boston and san francisco that yeah crazy. did you say you had family in the states or no no, I have no family anywhere except, okay. uh, except in China. Yeah. yeah. Are your yeah. parents still in your village? Yeah, still in the village. So yeah, it's not easy to move for them, especially I guess right now. My dad is seventy-five already, and with the condition of the body, I don't think he's even fit to travel like uh, within China, but different cities. Do you mean because of his health reasons yeah, or because health, of the pandemic? Yeah, the, no, the health reasons, I guess when, like, uh, when he's like 75 and then the whole life was doing the heavy labor and then the every part of the body is now up to, you know, up plus the age. So not easy to, uh, I, I don't feel it's a good idea to uh, fly on a plane. <laughs> It's true, you have to be conscious of your own limits and your own boundaries. Yeah. And I think that that goes for every age. It's not just yeah. a number thing, it's 
we all we all have different limits. Yeah, but that's amazing. So you have everywhere. So Europe, then United States, several years, six, seven years, and then yeah. moved to Montreal directly. I moved to Montreal directly. Yeah. Not seeing Toronto. Nobody likes Toronto. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I haven't visited Toronto a lot. I've only spent an afternoon with my parents when yeah. they came to visit. So my mom and my stepdad, they've seen Montreal before. Uh, they've seen like a, quite a lot of the region and I haven't. So yeah. they took me there, we rented a car, we went to Toronto to see the tower, but it was part of a several day trip. We went to see the Thousand Islands that was absolutely oh, yeah, gorgeous. That, yeah, that's like yeah. Queen's University there, right? Yeah, uh, Queen's is in... Um, Wait, what, what's is that, that Kingston? That's yeah, that's in Kingston. So it's on the way. We stopped yeah. there at the hotel. And if you get a chance to go on a boat to see the, the islands, it's so worth it. And I'm boat sick. Like, I'm so oh, really? sick. I get seasick. I hate that. I hate when it's rocking and I feel like throwing up and feeding the fishes. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I'm opposite. Uh, I, oh, totally, you love, I you love I, the water? I lived on boat for two years when I was five, six. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so I'm sure it got rid of the motion sickness. Like yeah. it was just impossible. But for me, it was bad memory from taking the car, being claustrophobic. Yeah. Kingston is amazing. Kingston. Uh -huh. I've been there once too. The same. Probably I took the same boat as you did. <laughs> <laughs> the several boats, right? They, yeah. They tell you which which island belongs to Canada or United mm -hmm. States, right? Yeah. I guess we did the same route. <laughs> but I think so. I got so impressed mm -hmm. because some people can build gorgeous houses. Some yeah. people choose to live it the way it is yeah. and I think I would leave it wild so I can go camping and you know have the experience of there's no running water no electricity primitive and also there's nothing to rob because <laughs> there's so many tourists coming up there I'm wondering yeah. if you have a big house and then people just come in front yeah. of your door just to look at your house every single day would be annoying yeah <laughs> wow so so Montreal you're gonna you mentioned McGill University and then so that's quite a, impressive. You have a lot of experience with different countries or places. That's kind of like you, like you kind of, you're born to like, uh, like immigrants from Cambodia, you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. Both of your parents? Both of my parents, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the food is ready. Yeah. So let's get the food first. Okay. This one. Thank you. It looks delicious. So this is like uh, we we bought them from a factory directly. Uh -huh. So I bought it. If they have the same brand, it's supposed to be the same. Okay. So just deep fry them. Yeah, I will use my hand. <laughs> yes. Do you make the sauce? Yeah, we make the sauce. I'm not very good with chopsticks. Growing up, we um, only had forks, knives, and spoons at home. And it's only around six or seven. I started having a complex because all the Asian kids could use chopsticks and I couldn't. So I started learning. But Cambodia, do they, uh, people in Cambodia, they use chopsticks too, right? They use everything. Cambodia. Com yeah, I've only visited once, so I don't think yeah. I have a representative perspective on yeah, it. Yeah, but your parents, do they, uh, do they, they grab chopsticks or? Um, both. I think it depends on the dish. Sometimes we use fork. I think most of the times it's fork and spoons. 
I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know. Yeah, I'm always interested with um, second generation immigrants, you know, from yeah. you born in Paris or Montreal, or, you know, like second generation, because they don't have any root with the, the home country or some, at least like, uh, that's why I'm uh, very interested because I look at my uh, daughter, she's eight, say, what's she thinking? You know, <laughs> Sometimes I want to figure out what she's thinking. Yeah, but do you teach her Mandarin? Only speaking right now. Ah, I have some sauce. But Cambodia, like when you grew up, like, um, do you have a lot of Cambodian friends near? I don't think so, right? Not so many, just mm. family friends. Actually, yeah, when I was younger, my parents. They had a um, surrounding, and in Paris, there's a Chinatown, so this is okay. where I grew up. And my grandma was living in the same building, so okay. there's a lot of Asian people. And even in school, I don't think I was the minority. Really? Yeah. But they're, but they're not necessarily Cambodian. There's all over the Vietnamese, place. Yeah, Vietnamese, Vietnam. Chinese, yeah. Um, Japanese, yeah. Like, there's but, a bunch of immigrants. Yeah, but Asia is really huge so do you like uh, i don't know for your perspective like you're from cambodia do you think like a f like fellow asians like uh, which one is closer or because east asia like japanese korean and uh, chinese they're very close even the culture mm -hmm. but the vietnamese and also indian especially pakistan they are a little bit very different from but uh, cambodia is closer to vietnamese or right or thai is that like uh, some some group like you see I feel more like closer to another group? I see what you mean but it comes down to your question as do we put immigrants in the same boat because we get treated the same way? Yeah. <laughs> so it's mostly others who see us yeah. the same rather than us seeing no, us I mean the culture like uh, easier to accept or more familiar like the way we eat or the, the food we eat and the, the way we think it's or, hard to say because I... Because for Chinese, for sure, like we will say, like, uh, first of all, we'll be Chinese, you see, or oh, speak the same language yeah. and they eat the same food, you will say, okay, probably my people or something. Yeah. But you see, Japanese, Korea, maybe, Koreans, maybe a little bit closer, okay, we, but if Indian or some Pakistan, we probably say a little bit further, we, we probably say, like, uh, even we're in from Asia, but we... My perspective, or some of our friends, we don't we we see them as like the rest of the world sometimes. I see what you mean, um, but here's the difference of culture because I grew up in France, right? So France is colorblind. We don't really associate ourselves with that culture. I mean, at least when I grew up, it was difficult to say, "Oh, I'm Cambodian," or "Oh, I'm Chinese," or something. It was mostly, "Oh, we're French." Like okay. especially my parents, they really, really tried. Like, I have a French name, and we only spoke French at home. So it was more important for us to have, to develop that identity, to okay. be integrated. So I don't think I care much to okay. to, to find 
people from the past because also I think maybe it has to do with the trauma from the war that even my mom never came back to Cambodia. Like okay. I think they left the past in the past. But my dad is more traditional. So when I lived in Boston, there's a huge Cambodian community. Okay. And he was telling me, uh, he was like very excited and he says, well, you should like try to make friends. And I tried like in my... <laughs> company that I was working there were a few Cambodians and they were so Cambodian power Cambodian power really? celebrating the Cambodian New Year they invited me in the town they had a huge celebration they had a parade and I loved it it was so cool I could understand a few of them and it was super cool I just think it's another part of me that I haven't developed and maybe I will maybe one day I'll have children and I'll want to reconnect with the roots um, but so far, even in terms of language, it's hard to even connect, even with my grandmother. Like, she doesn't speak very good French. She understands some bits, but because I don't speak Cambodian, it's hard to have a connection, even with my own okay, okay. culture. So. Yeah, because like um, the culture thing, sometimes like uh, when you were born, there's, that's why I think second generation, it could be a different feeling. Because for me, like the, we can, yeah, I'm, I came here several years. 15 years so i'm the first generation immigrant so i always i'm hardwired with chinese so i see a lot of things i will compare to chinese way of something so i'm hardwired but if like people like my daughter she's born here so that connection may not be there at all so probably i'm just hanging out with you know <laughs> like in her world probably like uh, people from everywhere they are the same as long as you play with me you're nice you know they mm -hmm. they have toys together so she's super happy so but for like um, that's why i'm really interested with like people born here when they see the the people from probably the same country or same region mm -hmm. or look they have similar culture yeah what do they think sometimes yeah it could be very different and it, honestly i feel really western until someone else makes me think that I'm not. Like, really? they would make a, a mm. comment or a remark. They would, like, I don't know, they would have the uh, Asian racism during COVID. Oh. I got some <laughs> racial slurs. And this is when Seriously. they make me feel like I'm not Western. But otherwise, I think culturally, all the references, the TV, the music, the cinema, everything's Western in my head. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You were born there. You were, yeah. We're born in Paris, so I suppose the Parisian, right? <laughs> Parisian, yeah. It's not a really good stereotype in Montreal, so I have a Parisian, American. <laughs> Do you like mixing? This one has to be mixed. Okay. Yeah, because like the sauce will be, they pour the sauce, it's a sesame paste. Ooh, is it like tahini? What is tahini? Tahini is uh, an ingredient in hummus. And it's a uh, sesame. You know, I only know sometimes <laughs> I'm the ingredients <laughs> in Chinese. That's why sometimes the like the the countries from okay, you can get get some here. Okay, thank you. Do you want me to serve you? No, you can put it your you can put your plate. It looks very good. 我写了花生米了吗？应该有吧。帮我写一个，花生米去。我忘了写了，花生米去啊。It's very slippery. So do people ask for knives or something? Knives not so much, but fork yes. This one probably should have two forks to yeah. to get them work together. I can borrow this here. I love cucumber. Cucumber is really expensive at the store. Yeah, it's crazy now. <laughs> 
I just I bought several like before you came. I went out to uh, we ran out of the cucumbers. Thank you. Let's get this two together. So this noodle is very uh very special the texture. Some people, mm -hmm. I guess Asians should be fine. At least like uh, people get exposed to Chinese food before, like uh, yeah. Vietnamese. We had a lot of uh, good customer from uh, Korea, South Korea. Mm. They like our food a lot. So, I eat everything. Because the pork belly thing, like Koreans and Chinese, they, we share the same. Both of us like the pork belly. It's a little bit uh, greasy. Mm -hmm. So I know Cambodian food has a lot of influence from France. Same as uh, Vietnam, like the banh mi with the baguette. Yeah. Um, so I grew up with a, a fusion, French food and Asian food. So growing up in Paris, I guess as a kid you you did not feel anything like um, uh, like a race thing, you know, just playing around, right? Oh no, <laughs> of course not. Yeah. We, uh, there are racist people everywhere. Yeah. It's just that no one talks about it, yeah. and it's not like at now. What, at what age you 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 notice realize like there's a race difference? Probably Ten? no, even before, even before. Um, even with teachers, I think they always like judge you more really? when you're not doing good in like French languages. They like do you like what language do you speak at home? They always like think that because you don't look white, then your French is not as good. Hmm. My daughter, she does not feel anything. Like she's laughing every day, crazy happy, and. Um, that's why I want to raise my kids in Canada. It looks better. Because the school, I guess, more than half of them, the parents are not born here, so naturally they will say, oh, what language do you speak at home? Something, they have little cars or something. They did not mean anything bad or something, so it's just a fact. So people, all the kids, they share the information. Also, the question I get a lot, is instead of asking where do you come from, they ask with a random Asian name, Asian country name, like are you Japanese or Korean? And I'm like, why do you want to show off that you know some country names? <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes when I see customer with a Asian face, like sometimes I will, so I would ask too, like. Uh, <laughs> Are you Chinese or because if they speak Chinese, probably easier to switch to Chinese instead of English. I heard it was a business thing. So when you know the different types of Chinese or the different types of Asian, mm -hmm. you can also create this bond, negotiate better. But here we're not negotiating, so. Yeah. I guess in Canada, I guess a lot of a lot of time they always ask. Even I ask sometimes, where you come originally, mm -hmm. like. Uh, because Canada is such a new country. Yeah, yeah. Always, everybody is coming from anywhere. So you always say where you come. Even you, some people, like they, they've been here in Montreal for a long, long time. You can tell they speak good French or English. Some still they ask where you uh, come from originally. 
-hmm. or maybe second generation. Sometimes I, I think the as a child of a, of immigration could be a, a, a advantage. I think. I think it's a it's a it's a good thing for like for you or for my daughter because all when you you are you are like uh, have a parents of immigrants. You speak you you um, you speak more languages at least, and also you more open minded. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the background, the immigration, the country, the the parents' background, they they have the the work eth- uh, work ethic. They work hard. Sometimes, it's they, true. Yeah, they they normally a lot of time they ask their kids to to do better at school. You know, so education. Most time they have really by I'm not sure, but by average it should be a. Higher than a lot of pe- the people like being the country ge- generations. So you, you see, yeah. you, you I see a lot of, lot of like uh, we call CBC and a lot of CBC. They they really great. Yeah. So this. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's sweet. So, oops. Thank you so much. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's a little bit sad. Because I also see them as the sacrificial generation, so they sacrifice everything so yeah, that they the, can have everything. Yeah. That's, but at the same time, it's what they chose to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's just um, an instinct, you know? You live a hard life, you want your child to have the best. Because you don't want your child to live through what you live through. Yeah, I think that's true. and. Even I'm first generation. I was like, I, I, and IT engineer is. I speak some English, so I can find a job like almost the same. Nobody gonna pay me extremely high, or somebody gonna pay me extremely low. So I was okay as a IT engineer. So just had a chance to to live outside. And then you said that your parents didn't force you into studying anything. They could not at all. let you choose. So that's very wonderful. You have very open mind. I don't think they're open mind, but um, because they ha- they were so hard on them, the the life was so hard on them, so they did not have any. Thank you. So they did not have any extra time to think about to plan for their kids. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's very. They can barely survive. They could barely survive. So, as long as the kids, the 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 their children are breathing uh, alive, so they they were fine. So, the career will be a it's never something they are think of. Mm-hmm. That's already the best they could uh, provide. Yeah. But then, after the last twenty or thirty years, the country was kind of getting rich. So now we have a generation called the the parents very rich, so their kids they can live off their parents. The super uh-huh. rich we call the pingdi. The what is that? Pingdi means like uh, uh, compete, uh, 
between daddies. <laughs> yeah, when you have a good daddy, like rich daddy, I mean not good or bad, but rich daddy, dad, so you don't have to work at all. So you you were born with a lot of money. So but do you think it's sustainable because money makes money? Or do you think after that generation that's spoiled, it's going to be over? I, How I, do you sustain I, that wealth? I think like the the richest, like uh, the Mr. Wong, and uh, he gave his son like like 100 million, 100 million to give it to his son to play with it. So his son make like a billion with that money. So his son was boasting, like a uh, like a bragging on the internet, saying, "Let's see, I'm good at the money investment, good at investing." Mm -hmm. But you have the luxury, How old is the son? maybe thirty. 30 something, yeah. Okay. So, you know, some rich kid. But sometimes they can keep, but it it doesn't matter if I had, the, I would have the chance to try. <laughs> but, you know, the, maybe a lot of rich kids, they some of them they can, they can take this. Some of them they, they can keep the wealth, some of them they could not. But at least they had the chance. Like this this yeah. kid was, he was famous in China because he was like living a very, uh, luxury life meeting mm -hmm. with the the actress the stars but you know there's people. so much you can do with that money sure mm -hmm. you can invest it to make mm -hmm. more money there's also so much you can make to help other people like building schools hospital you can change the life of people with that you can change a whole culture you can save the environment i think so but if if i had that money probably i would do that too <laughs> <laughs> i think it's good to invest part of it for yourself it's also good to give some to others because not everybody has the same chance and i think as you were mentioning children of immigrants you can appreciate the chance that they have because they've seen their parents like it's right in your face in your household you can see your parents struggle so much so you know that not everybody has the chance to get education to get health and that was also my mission with pursuing education it's for people who didn't have the chance to like people who went through wars people who went through sickness it's not something we should take for granted. I guess, yeah, you're right. The, a lot of problem is caused by the education. People that do not have enough education, they have, do not have a chance, not the poor kids. But, you know, it's not so many people have the resources and then they want to do that so make it really hard but at least i see a good thing about asian parents at least they invest a lot of their resources on the kids education mm -hmm. especially here like uh, north america i see a lot of asian immigrants asian second generation they are doing really well at least ac academically all right yeah but there's also you know this crisis for people who don't get perfect grades, perfect scores, yeah. then they don't feel Asian enough. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's, it's alright if you want to take time for yourself, not mm. know exactly what you want to do, if you don't know if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, or please your parents or whatever. But do you, but like, do you have kind of pressure, like uh, don't do as good as other kids or...? I mean, it was... I was raised... Um, in a weird family, I think 
there was some competition, but I don't think it was as bad as yeah. what I've heard, like from stories where you have to compete with your brothers and sisters and your cousins, and you always have to have the best grades. I don't think it was this bad in my family. But I heard that some people yeah. push their kids so hard. Yeah. Asian families, Asian parents. It's Chinese. I know Chinese parents are very. Yeah. It's very way tough. to show love because you know it's for the like it comes from a good intention, but you don't want to break the trust or the love that you have just for performance. Yeah. But what what kind of arts do you perform? Like a lot of kids, they know piano, swimming, even like chess. What <laughs> what what you good at? Piano. Piano? <laughs> Do you know the level? How much? Like you, you pass some levels. Um, I don't know my level. I play for eleven years. Well, that's so. You, how how can we tell? How can you tell it's good or not? Just like if you know any song, you can play it out or like. No, I don't think I'm this good. So I didn't go to the conservatory. I just. Played. I had a teacher, and I never wanted to compete on that because I wanted it to be fun. Okay. And if I start competing, it would take the fun out of it. So it would become like school. You would have to be yeah. ranked, and you would have to be judged, and I yeah. don't want that. It was okay. the only thing that I said, no, leave this as a hobby, and music is just going to be fun. I think, yeah, that's. I, I know nothing about anything, so... That's. I think I should have something to show off. I always think, okay, people have some. They can play piano. Okay, they have one room as a piano. You can show off. That would be great. <laughs> What about language? I don't know language. I cannot. I have nothing to show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the immigrants. You speak th three French, English, Cambodian, and maybe other. I don't speak Cambodian. Oh, Cambodian. You said no. French, English. Ah, that's not many. <laughs> that's not many as an immigrant, like a from immigration family. That's not in school, but in Europe we have to learn a lot of years of languages. So mm. I technically got ten years of English, eight years of German, four years of Italian. Oh, you don't practice. Okay, it's like I think the teaching was not super good because we don't get a lot of practice. But the Italian should be very. Very close to French. Yeah, know. it is. So it's easy for us to, to understand. You just change the tone. You, you speak okay Italian. Just make a tone or something. <laughs> <laughs> If you speak very slowly, yeah. I can understand. That's really beauty, you know. When I was in Brazil for a project business trip, like uh, we were doing test with the Italian guys. They 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 do the fax fax machine test, mm -hmm. and then they just write paper in Portuguese. And they reply in、uh, Italian, and they were <laughs> doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> How many languages、um, do you teach your daughter? Only I can I cannot teach you anything. I guess <laughs> <laughs> my Chinese is not that great either. I don't. Yeah, I cannot teach her English. Everything she learned by herself. I think the school will be French English, and then at home. My in-laws teach like speak with her like in、uh, Mandarin in Chinese. Oh, okay. So、uh, I I kind of I try to take the easy way. So whatever like,、uh, but she's not. I think she's not mature. Like think like she's eight, but she talks like six. <laughs> Every day happy and then it's not the language skill. Her language he has perfect. She has perfect language language skills、uh -huh. on the on French English, but the way she talks like.、Uh, It's like a baby, <laughs> but 
some other eight years old like they some of them they talk really crazy stuff you know oh, like some okay. of but she's not she's just like i i it kind of silly you know it's not like uh it's not it's not a thinker at least but this is what you say on podcasts you have to laugh yeah she, she's to... crazy happy she's happy like <laughs> every day she's in a summer camp now you can try this like okay. uh, i'm excited for this yeah. one that's the one i already had yeah. super sweet you don't like it i like it but it's addictive addictive <laughs> i agree sugar i guess the... so that's what i was thinking so as a parent do you are you excited to be able to do more adult stuff with your daughter or are you one of those parents who are afraid she's gonna grow old too fast and not take her time to be a kid anymore I don't know. It's scary. I think it's a little bit scary, my my for myself because right now we can still talk. I think have fun, but when she's fifteen, fourteen, she has her home friends. Will never like even you probably don't spend a lot of time with your parents. Uh, at least I don't. <laughs> I just talked to my dad today. <laughs> I think when, yeah, especially the kids, they growing up here, so it's kind of West, very Western. But there's a very, very delicate balance between West and East, the way the family, like in China, is too much connection. Mm-hmm. You know, like parents super, super good to taking great care of their kids. So they are super protective and they, they do a lot of things for the kids. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they re- like mentally they require kids to show them more respect, listen them, listen to them more. So they're very judgmental. But is it hard when they start dating and, you know, starting to have their own family because then the family has to approve of who they marry? Yeah, exactly. I mean, not only that, even the tiny thing, the trivial thing, like uh, they can they judge you on everything. They they think oh you should not meet this guy this guy is not good <laughs> and you you should choose this career this career make more money more stable right they mm-hmm. because kind of they are too good to you very good to you. so by by like uh, treating you really super 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 well they expect you to listen to them more they 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 expect you they they want to make more decisions for you so that's kind of. That's the very Eastern way. It's a trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade-off, but uh, that's why a lot of I, I see a lot of Chinese family here. The kids rebel like crazy, really crazy, because that's the we call generational gap, ge- generation yeah. gap. I agree with that. Yeah. You know what my mom said? It was super interesting because when she came to France, she was in her twenties, and she also started detaching from the Asian culture and starting to get interested in how French people behave and what's their culture and stuff. And she said that um, in Asia, it's exactly what you said. You have to pay respect to your yeah. elders and you give them gifts and stuff. But in France, it's the opposite. The children are your everything. So in terms of gifts, she was like, yeah, I have to gift my elders. But in yeah. France, you have to give to your children. But yeah. no one gives me any gifts. <laughs> So this rice and oh, there's a little bit cold already. 
it's kind of a burden sometimes like uh, uh, what is that uh, psychological burden some they, they treat you too well so they expect the return but do you think it's like your retirement plan are your children you mean like uh, like they'll take care of you when they're old? I don't I don't think so that's no? because I'm already I think I, I ad adapted really well more than I supposed to <laughs> so even I'm like um, but I'm really like open open like crazy like even kind of way before like uh, my peers mm -hmm. so I, I already adapted like uh, like you take of the kids like uh, let them grow their own ideas and that's all we provide their basic stuff mm -hmm. because everything is individual everybody is individual myself myself I think this way already so um, I don't say I uh, oh, this is for this one originally so that's why I'm like some kind of weird so for me it's easy for like uh, very easy for me to adapt here yeah you were saying that adapting is one of your quality yeah, one of your I, traits. yeah I really like the way people think here so just like you take your own responsibility so even like you're living a wild and uh, nobody take us you but you have freedom but do you seek um, do you seek change for or do you think that change happens to you and you just adapt but do you seek in a certain way um, I don't know let's say tomorrow you make a decision you sell the restaurant you go live in the South Pole no I, I don't think so I'm, because I, you I'm will lazy. adapt yeah I, I'm lazy too I'm, <laughs> a lot of time I was forced to adapt okay so I a lot of times I did not make some change for myself, big change for myself. I just go with the flow, kind of. But like opening a restaurant, I just kind of... Uh, it is a big change to somebody else, but I did not see that's a big change. Because I was... I had my own job, full-time job, so... So was it not a big risk financially? I felt like... Exactly. So I have my basic income mm -hmm. from the, the job. So as long as the restaurant was not losing money, so I was super happy already. So that's kind of a... It's not a very hard decision for me. That's really good. Thank you. I, the calamari, I don't eat this often. How is your podcast thing? The 40 something, right? 40? Hmm? How many episodes already? 40? Oh, yeah. Um, maybe 44? Yeah. It's coming out every Thursday. And I'm running a little bit behind on my editing. So I'm not sure I can cover the whole month of August because I'm leaving on Wednesday, going back to France for a month. Okay. And I want to enjoy my vacation. <laughs> There's no 
quarantine there or it's still quarantine? There's no quarantine. They're being more careful now because they have a rise in cases. So we're talking about the Delta variant. So it's pretty scary. I don't know. Um, I'll try to be careful, but from what I've, what I've heard from my friends, still partying and not really caring. So your podcast like uh, it started like uh, during the pandemic, right? It was during the uh -huh. yeah last summer. And um, why do you like having a your own podcast? Mm -hmm. I like for once controlling my own things because I've only worked as an employee my whole life, working for other people, and this time. I get to control it. It's my project. Even though it's not very big at the moment, I'm not saying you won't get ambitious, but I like to be able to have my own vision. Give the voice to people I want to hear. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, a lot of people on the on the show is very has very interesting stories. <laughs> Have you had um, other interviews? Yeah. So this is the fourth. I have favorite public and right now I'm pretty busy as well with the restaurant stuff. It's crazy. So probably next week I've scheduled next week and then maybe one or two. I guess probably seven total I see this month or next month. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of time I don't eat in the restaurant, so this gives me a lot of chances to uh, eat the food as well. <laughs> Do you have a favorite type of food besides Asian food? I guess it would be a, a steak. I really like the, a steak. And their bread, they're, normally they baked by themselves in the inside the restaurant. Mm. That is really good. Most of the time when I uh, when I eating those French or Italian restaurants, the bread I would have I always ask for more. So before the even before the appetizer I was full already. I would be uh, full already. So it's really especially some I went the good ones they always have their own bread. Do you mean the free bread they give in a basket? Yeah. <laughs> I um, normally I ask several times, two times. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very very delicious. So I don't know. It's less common in the United States. Maybe in the cities that I live, um, they don't give bread. You have to ask, or sometimes they make you pay for it. Really? Here's free. At least several places I tried, they were included. Mm. It's included. Especially the one in West Island, the Italian one. They give you the long packet. It's called uh, mm, some. What is that called? Scar. Scarlet or something. <laughs> yeah, it's scarlet or 
it's on Xinjiang, Xinjiang, Brunswick, the corner. It's a really nice one. So my friend and I, we started this challenge during the pandemic because we both like to cook and bake. And every two weeks, we would cook a bread from different parts of the world. And it would be a challenge to have like the best looking bread. It was really funny because it pushed you to get outside of your comfort zone and to discover something new. And we both like bread. So it worked out. Yeah, that Italian restaurant has the, they use the French baguette. Mm -hmm. And the, the waiter will give you the long board and then put down and then we just a knife. <laughs> And sometimes you cannot finish, they, you can take away. Mm. It's a long one. It's a French baguette. But no, did the bread, did anybody try the Chinese bread? No. I think it's fatter. It's not as crusty, crunchy. Yeah. Also, I was working in a French restaurant when I was 19 as a summer job. And we would get a bread from this bakery delivered every morning. That would be super fresh. Super fresh. They get it delivered to your door. And it was my job to cut the, the bread. And everybody was trying to get several pieces. Like, they don't just take one. They take, like, plenty. And it was free, so that's okay. And at the end of the day, there were always people like, can I have more bread? And we would have to go to the bakery by foot and then buy the bread and then come back and give it to them. Jeez. <laughs> Every day, and I'm like, you should just order more. Yeah, France, like, it's crazy, a lot of bread, and they. Very yeah. good bread. And the sandwich as well. When I was in Paris, like, several days, I got, I ate a lot of sandwich. But your podcast will keep going for like um Yeah, it keeps going. And it is very interesting you have some episodes in French, some in English. <laughs> you know, at first I created the podcast for my students because I wanted them to have a platform to practice comprehension for both English and French because yeah. I teach both languages online. And I didn't want to have boring conversations. And I didn't want to just have people from one region. I wanted to have different accents, all the accents. So there's not just one standard accent because some people pick my pick me because I'm from France, from Paris, and they think it's the standard accent. And I'm like, but there's so many other beautiful accents like Quebec. Quebec accent. Yeah, like from the Caribbeans, from Africa. It's uh, beautiful to have diversity and to not just get used to one accent. People get obsessed with France. They don't teach French, you teach English, and you have the podcast, and you have a full-time job. That's more than what I did. <laughs> well, but it's easier because I don't have a family, I'm single, so I have all the time in the world. Yeah, time is... That's why a lot of people ask, why did we have only one kid? Like, when we opened the restaurant, mm -hmm. our baby was only one year old. Wow. And if if we did not have the restaurant, probably we'll have second kid, probably. But with the restaurant, so crazy, lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because your mom wanted you to have 
several children. Yeah, and also, but with any kid, like you just don't have in right now. We are everywhere. Like we have to go send her to the summer camp, pick up, send pick up, and then summer camp is easy. Otherwise, have more stuff. Mm -hmm. We still need to find squeeze some time for her piano mm. and f swimming as well. Yeah, I swim every Friday. Can go to the swimming pool for free. Hmm. That's good. So, hey, back to your skills, like the piano and what? <laughs> dance. Piano and dance. What kind I of dance? All kinds of dance. So that was my own initiative. I don't think my parents ever pushed me. It was my friends doing it. So I was inspired. Ooh. Sure. Thank you. Oh, really? And I That's signed up on my own. As like a kid, I was like, I want to do this. And my parents were like, okay. So sign up for flamenco, rock and roll, salsa, Bollywood. Oh, that's... I had lots of energy. I still do. And right now I'm doing Zumba two hours per week. Um, and I'm swimming one hour per week. And I go hike on, on weekends. Jeez, you have a lot of, uh, lot of stuff going on. I think health is so important. Yeah. Without health, you don't have anything. Yeah. Like I need to uh, access it more. I maybe need to spend more time working on in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you can shuffle more. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm spending time digesting <laughs> calories. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm so tired. I'm too tired to eat, and I'm like, then it's counterintuitive because if you eat, you get more energy. But I'm so tired, I cannot eat. <laughs> A lot of your friends are very active, like sportive, like. Um, work out a lot. I have both. I have lazy friends too. It's a good diversity because some friends you can chill with and some friends you can do activities with. It's nice to have a mix so you're not always in one or the other. What about your friends? I don't have friends anymore. <laughs> so I don't have time. I used to have a lot of friends. We had um, seven before seven years. Before seven years, mm -hmm. I, we we used to have like. Uh, People from different Hong Kong, Taiwan, mainland, also here. But on Facebook, like uh, we somehow we met from this party, that party. We had people, and then we add Facebook, mm -hmm. and we we went to uh, yeah. We had a lot of uh, kind of parties. We play poker. We together, and yeah. And after I had a restaurant, everything stopped. But because you have a restaurant. You could organize events, mm. baby showers, birthdays, celebrations, weddings. It's too small, especially the restaurant before it was too small. What about now? Now pandemic. Yeah, I have the space ready. <laughs> <laughs> it echoes. It's so empty. Yeah, yeah it's seriously. Oh. Because my friends have rented rooms before for parties. And you're in a popular area. You're downtown, lots of students, young people. But we still have not figured out how to keep people, a big group of people, like 20 or 30 or something. It's kind of um, because we're not, Chinese food has to be hot. It's not like a sandwich or some salad oh, I see. you can put like aside. I don't think Chinese food is ever good for an event, to be honest. 
very very unless you pick some kind of Chinese food can be served cold. Or but what about you revolutionize that? What is that? How about you make up recipes that are meant to be cold? You know, some people find it weird to have iced coffee. They prefer to have it hot. Yeah. And then both exist. But I don't know. I'm. I don't have confidence on myself to come up with. I mean, I'm not even a cook, so it's uh, it's very very tough. That's why I say like, I'm just doing a business, the Chinese restaurant business. I do not expect it's good, very good. You know, I try my best, but I'm not, you know, professional. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way. Even in science, I'm not spectacular at all. That's why I chose to have safety, because I know I cannot be the best at it. But it's easier to be good at two things than to be great at one thing. I Just like so. you know, like the Olympic athlete, they're good at one thing. But if they break a leg or something, yeah. what else do they have? Yeah. It's good to have diversity in your skills as well. But with your, with your skills, knowledge, everything, experience, I don't think you are, you will be concerned with the like career, your security, right? You you mm -hmm. can live very well everywhere. I think I'm working on two things right now. I have two goals for the rest of this year. I want to learn programming, and I programming want to learn seriously. Programming and investments. Oh man! You, and you, then and then I'll be unbeatable. <laughs> That's kind of, I say, crazy. I say sometimes people are like too ambitious. Is it you know? scary? Yeah, it's scary. My, my major in university was uh, computer science. Seriously, I never did any coding. Oh, I thought that was yeah. engineering. No, uh, we call it computer science. But okay. it's like we, in Chinese, China, we always call computer. But engineering, software, we, we all the same. I don't know. Then but, what have you learned? Everything regarding oh, the... Oh, you mean like the theory? Yeah, theory, mathematics, okay. the C language, the programming, the data structure, mm -hmm. all that kind of theory. You don't need them for coding sometimes. But we learn a lot of that stuff. But I was not... Uh, a lot of my classmates, they end up doing programming, but I did not. I was doing the technical support. <laughs> so, I see. so my first job was technical support to uh, to some projects, like technical projects. Does it make as good of money than programming? I think the same, mm -hmm. but it's more secure. Jobs on the job security, it's okay. better, like long term with the program. I think it's like everything. When you learn a skill, it's good to have a niche. It's good to have a specialty. Yeah. So if I want to stay in science, I think it would be a good goal to be in computational neuroscience. So you can program, but still within research. I think that's crazy though. Computer is, programming is, it's totally different. But you know, a lot of people are ambitious, very ambitious. <laughs> and you said uh, investing as well. Investing as well, yeah. Investing. I've been reading a lot of books about um, finances. I mean, I've been interested in investing. I started investing at 23 and um, then investing more aggressively at 28. And now I really want to get more interested in that because 
Jeez, you would be super rich, I can see. But there's a lot of things you can do as a consumer. Like if you buy the right stocks, you're promoting the right companies. And I think it's more important to put money into what you value rather than into what makes money because you can invest in Coca-Cola and McDonald's. They're going to make money, but it's not necessarily what's good for the environment or for social causes. So I think I want to be smarter with my money. It's more about purpose. I think because if I give my money to a bank, they'll invest it the way they want. They can invest in petrol or yeah. anything that like, I don't uh, if you in. drive a Tesla, where yeah. helping Tesla like <laughs> shares. Yeah, Tesla went up crazy. I know for the last five years, yeah. it's insane. So you have a podcast, a really nice job, and then doing this crazy thing. I'm I don't know. Languages. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like I'm all over the place because some people can see this as, yeah, it's good you're doing so many things, but in France, the stereotype is you're really lost. You don't know what you're doing. You cannot focus on one thing. So. I guess sometimes it's the freedom you are. Uh, maybe your parents give you the education, give you some money, and then you have the the freedom to, to try different things. And even you feel a little bit on this side, it's not a big deal. You know, you still have something strong. You know, it's funny how we met because we think kind of the same. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very conservative, to be honest. I'm very, that's why even I said I'm soft, really soft. Do you mean financially in general? I'm a laid back guy. I think a lot. I admire people try, but I don't want to try. <laughs> I see people really take risk, risks to uh, to strive for great stuff. I admire, but uh, for me, I will not do that. But it's funny because if it happens to you, you would adapt. So it's not like you cannot do it. It's yeah, it's nobody pushed me. You can push I, yourself. I need to be pushed. I'm um, positively. <laughs> Adapting, <laughs> <laughs> but we need to have time, though. Time is everything. And it's only during the pandemic that I started having time. Before, but some people are meant to be great. I'm not one of that. How do but you know? I'm lazy. Seriously, I'm lazy. I think you're lazy. I like watching movies or or like. <laughs> and you write in your blog still? Do you still write? Yeah, I had one two weeks ago. Before that was two or three months, you know, right? I, that's why I'm lazy. But I did a lot of work for the restaurant, a humong huge amount of work, crazy, like during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I, I, seriously, I'm glad I was laid off by the company. Otherwise, I cannot do the two at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was laid off. They gave me a package and helped me a little bit financially. And they gave me, I freed myself. Again, I'm, I'm passively adapting. Mm -hmm. I was laid off, not leaving the job. So somebody they pushed me off the some little cliff. So I somehow I can uh, grow a wing in the air. So I did not land hardly. <laughs> so, You're such a poet, my gosh! <laughs> seriously, I was seen too many cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I was pushed off the limit. I somehow I just grew a little wing to 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 land safely. Or maybe an eagle grabbed you. Yeah, seriously, I spent a lot of time. Without without me working in this restaurant, will be much worse place. The, yeah. the restaurant. 
So I work a lot of hours. But then I go home at 10 or 11, 10.30. I just, to be honest, I just go there, lie down there, watch YouTube for one hour or two. And then I fall asleep. Do you shower? Sometimes. Not, not all the time. <laughs> but uh, so I, 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 I work really hard, but I'm lazy. If I don't have to work hard, I choose watch TV. But also, what's the meaning of life? I don't know. I'm Do still. Do we know where we're heading? Like the universe is one day going to explode. So that that question I also want to ask everybody because what that's why I lay back because like everybody's gonna die at the end of the day and and like we, even you are eighty years old you die yeah. or seventy sometimes even ninety years old whatever you work so hard you still die leave nothing behind. I mean, so. you have children. You can write. I mean, but I see your point. I think it has to do with how comfortable you are. If you're comfortable being laid back, do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm very anxious when I do nothing. I get stressed. Yeah, I watch TV. Still do something. <laughs> I, I get so stressed out when my body is not moving. Yeah. And I think my biggest fear... It's like the movie Crank. Crank? Yeah, the, the, the... What is that guy? Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum? The guy, like a martial arts, really good, Jason. Okay, I didn't watch that. Yeah, that, he had a heart problem. He cannot stop. If he cannot, if he stop, his heart is going to explode. So he has to kill people, do all the crazy things. Oh, yeah, I think that's me. Crank, yeah. <laughs> I need to watch this movie. They go, they got Jason inspired Tatum, by my life. Jason, the a big star. Jason is an action star. Jason, okay. the, his yeah. last name is, he's British, I guess. His yeah. last name is... Because uh, my biggest fear is immobility. It's the fact that you're paralyzed and you cannot achieve what you really may want give, to achieve. That may give some pressure to your future partner. Think Listen. A, yeah, think <laughs> about that. <laughs> Unless I get someone who's hyper. Yeah. Hyperactive like me. And then... Well, and I, then we can conquer the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm lazy. Sometimes my wife says, I get up, do something. <laughs>